The following podcast may contain strong language not suitable for all Gen Xers. Oh, why? That's <laughs> so sad. Welcome back to the Better Left Podcast. Thank you for bearing with us during a uh, couple weeks there. We took a hiatus. Hiatus. Oh, hiatus. Oh. We, uh, we took some time off because we had a bunch of, uh, frankly, we had a bunch of shit to do. <laughs> and we we love our podcast, but it was important shit to do. So we weren't just walking around cleaning our houses. Well, some of us were. Bill. And uh, we uh, it took some time off. We sent Troy and Jay to Indiana, mm-hmm. Indianapolis, for Home of Mike you, Pence. How do you pronounce it? Shincon, 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 Shincon. Yeah, yeah. Gen Con. They went to Gen Con, which Geneva is Geneva Convention. Gentlemen, what is Geneva Convention? Well, so Gen Con actually started in the same area. It was uh, like Lake Geneva. Oh yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sure. And then uh, moved to Indianapolis where it has it is basically a a paradise for tabletop RPG uh, board game artists uh, around sort of the, you know, fantasy D&D kind of stuff. I was there with Green Ronin Publishing. It's a group that I'm working with a phenomenal, very uh, a group, a prestige group. So it's um it's like a festival of nerds, a nerdstival. No. Ah. no, 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 it's dragon refugees. That's what oh, I understand. Refugees they, from the from the great war between the North and um, the Red Keep. Yeah. yeah, they they have dungeons that they hide in. That's why ah. it's called Dungeons and Dragons. It's yeah, the yeah. hiding yeah. from the dragons. Well, one day I was yeah. out front um the of the uh, hotel that we're in. It was hotter than the than Mordor. That's why Mike Pence is so mad all the time because Indiana's so hot. <laughs> he just, yeah. Anyway, sorry, I thought throwing <laughs> things down that. Um, but I was sitting there and just hanging out, and I see in the distance a glimmering knight <laughs> riding an electric scooter, <laughs> hair just glistening in the breeze, dressed in sweatily. Not sweatily. No, it was it was soft and flowy and. It just looked like, I mean, it was majestic. I was. Sounds American as hell. It was actually, he was wearing sort of European garb, like kind of like armor. Yeah. So he was like a knight riding an e-scooter down the street. And I was just like, okay, we made it. It's really funny because I had read a news article about those scooters a few months ago. And I was like, okay, this cannot be that big of a deal. Right. And then I saw it on, I don't know, the news, some generic news station. And it's as bad as I thought they thought talked about. They're everywhere. They're everywhere. People are dumping them. I, the thing is, I did see probably, I want to say, on the conservative side, 25, 30 people eat shit. <laughs> like they would just hit some bark and then just roll. And some of our friends there may, when they roll, it's it's not. It looks painful. It's quite, <laughs> quite oh, painful. They're wearing all those cost, heavy costumes. Yeah, yeah. Lots of makeup and gowns. Oh, no. Good night oh, yeah. to your delicious furs, my yeah. friends. Yeah. Oh, so you, we sent a, we as a unit, as an organization, sent Jay and Troy. Yeah, to we shared a hotel room. This, ooh, you did. Ooh, yeah, it was yeah. delightful. Ooh. Mm. To this nerd festival. We did. Where a bunch of dweebs uh, handed out their business cards. It's you two, That was the us. We were um, the dweebs. Everyone else is really cool. <laughs> nope. Jayden, now you met a lot of really great people i was working the show you were working the show i'd say you were working the show uh, but... troy was working it and jay was twerking it I, uh, 
No, it was really good though. Um, we got a chance to sit down with a number of different developers. Um, there was one game there that I really, really enjoyed. Um, Dungeons we, and Dragons. No, no, <laughs> Dragons and Dungeons. Yep, that was it. Uh, it was called Super Fantasy for Brawl, and I'm really excited about that one actually. So, we, Sauce is another person who's going to be joining us in a couple different ways, uh, primarily with a gaming type podcast that we're going to be looking at doing. And we interviewed some developers. We actually did a playthrough of the game. We're going to be posting that up on our YouTube. So, be on the lookout for that. Uh, but we do all this for funsies and we have real jobs. And so it takes a little while sometimes, but we're working on it. It's yeah. it's happening. Also, um, follow our YouTube. <laughs> what are we YouTube slash better left? Uh, I actually don't know how YouTube URLs work. I don't either. No, no, we're not that yet. Um, we'll get information out. We got to do some tricks and things and people got to follow and then we can rename the URL and it's all going you know, to get a a vanity URL. But anyway, the point being, there'll be some good stuff there. But also, we're going to start doing some web stuff. We got that all kind of in the pipeline, um, making a lot of new friends across the state. That was kind of interesting. Yep. And then, uh, well, they were busy during doing uh, Nerd Fiesta. <laughs> I was busy meeting with a bunch of different progressive candidates who are running for Congress across the state of Washington. Uh, be on the lookout, y'all, for dudes like Chris Armitage, who's running in Washington's fifth and who is a bona fide badass dude. Oh, we so great. We yeah. love him. He's fantastic. Uh, there's also Rebecca Parsons, who yeah. is running in the sixth against Derek Kilmer in How Washington about Peter state. Khalil? Peter Khalil, who is Amazing. Peter He's seriously amazing. He's waiting for us to do a fundraiser letter for him, and we got to get that done. But he is so nice every day. He's like, hey, hey, what about now? What about now? He's so genuine. And yeah. like one of the things we did at this meeting is we were just trying to build networks between a bunch of different progressive candidates. And then uh, uh, Chris Armitage, he goes by the nickname of Army. He Army ran into some issues with um, uh, uh, filing and he wasn't yeah. sure how to do it. And he's like, without even like screening anyone else, he just he and Peter shot it back and forth. And Peter's like, oh, oh yeah. I have people. Don't worry about it. And they're actually helping each other. So let me tell you, if you are in your state and you have a bunch of progressive candidates, be the focal point, get them to connect on some kind of Zoom meeting or some kind of Skype meeting, help them form those connections and build that bond themselves. Like when you get them together to run on a slate together, it doesn't matter who the DNC blacklists, we can still get progressive some attention. And the new progressive values of collaboration and connection and making a difference is um, it's so refreshing because candidates will run and they've got all this bad blood or baggage that they're carrying from years past the progressive candidates that are stepping into the ring are, they're fresh, they're excited, they're absolutely 100% committed. It's amazing. Well, and I think a lot of them are kind of hoping to run kind of issue-oriented campaigns and kind of get a, uh, get away from personality oriented campaigns. Yeah. And there's yes. so there's so many big issues today that really a congressional campaign could just be out there talking about childcare, housing, healthcare, the environment, empire and war and peace and these big issues and never really tell you anything about where their parents worked or grew up or where they grew up cuz there's kind of an opening I think these days for visionary campaigns. And for candidates to re really reflect their district and not as much be I because I am all American person, you <laughs> right. know, but that being said, great stories these folks have on uh, their their past and experience. Um, and they're just good people. Uh, Rebecca Parson, uh, you know, I heard her in Army chatted and, you know, Peter Cleal and all these folks are now connecting. It's um, 
it's going to be interesting, uh, an interesting run up to 2020, given all of the crazy things going on. But I feel really good about what's going on in Washington. I was going to say, sir, uh, I think personality is a really good place for us to segue. If you're yeah, I think personality matters. Well, I'm going to start. Uh, I'm going to make a quick transition, if we don't mind. So with us today in the studio, I normally introduce. It's just been so long that I forgot. Oh, yeah. We have Bill in the studio. Hello. We have Troy on the mic. Hi. And bringing him over from the producer's desk is oh, no. Jay Smith, who normally produces. Corny Shaw, Corny Corn, her best friend's getting married, so she's not here. She's out doing a wedding. and uh, In the woods. In the woods. They're camping. Pitch in a tent. Camping. <laughs> They're camping without. This is like <laughs> the morning zoo. <laughs> <laughs> Fart noise. <laughs> Corn is out camping in the wilderness with no with no weefies, and she's saying it's a great time. Oh, I thought time. that was like a joint because I'm like I'm certain oh, she's, she's loaded up. The homegirls got. I'm gonna call her. I'm literally gonna go. She's gonna get she's gonna get axe murdered. I'm not a camper. She don't even I, know what that means. Look, I know it's cool or like trendy to identify as like I'm just down home country girl or whatever. I am not. Who I says love that? So many women and like I love Wi-Fi and running water. And girls, you don't have to say shit to make dudes happy. You can just be a woman who loves Wi-Fi, running water, and being able to walk home from your local bar, and that's fine. <laughs> yeah, but if anybody says the word glamping, they get a slap. Yeah, so that, uh, but it brings us into, not glamping, but generally talking about personality, brings us into our post-hiatus, what the shit? What, what the, the shit? <laughs> so this one's pretty easy. This kind of happened a little earlier today on the day that we're recording, which is August 15th, a Thursday. Um, our favorite uh, podcaster ever on the history of the planet, Mr. Benjamin Shapiro, uh, challenged AOC to another debate. Debate me. And our what the shit is why Ben Shapiro, dude, she does not want to date you. Let it go. And just, <sighs> you know, it's literally he's seeing this as like he's going to ch- be the champion of the incels and the MRAs and the, all of these people. And you know, do you see? She won't even debate me. You know, it's it's pure dog whistle garbage. Yet another woman won't pay attention to me, a man. No, I mean, I think coming from the conservative background, though, it makes total sense. you got to show that you have the most intellectual, most stable foundation you possibly can, even if you're Ben Shapiro, which he's going to make a good farce of it, but it's not going to go anywhere, even if you were to get there. Yeah, and if you want to debate her, Ben, run for Congress. Get into Congress. Debate her on the floor, on the House floor. But you won't, because you're a little bitch. (laughs) He is a little bitch. I can't, you know, the thing about him, I, I... I'm just not interested in his shtick. And I know that there are a lot of um, uh, starry-eyed sort of, you know, they're going to take it to him and they go to, you know, to this whatever he does. And they're like debating him and talking to him and he's talking real fast and just being awful. It, it is so performative and it's so awful and it's so exploiting these college kids and their idealism. Barf. You know, it's really funny, too, because this is what they do. They they set up these premises where, sorry, I'm getting into, like, logic speak, but they set up these premises where, okay, we're almost there. You know, I was just watching um, a video done by their campus thing where they pretend to be the intellectual right on camp on college campuses, and they, they set it up so, okay, we're going to pass out a petition, and the petition is going to be, if you sign this, we will change it so that the turn to the cross signal no longer has a white person on it. A white man. And they're like, oh, okay. So they pass it out to students and the students signed it. And the students all said, you know, actually, 
we just want to see if this makes people feel included and part of a community. Yeah, totally. Let's change it so that it's not just a white person. Interesting. So they weren't like being overly holier than now. They're just like, okay, if someone's bothered, I guess it's fine. Right. And I think that's the thing is like the Ben Shapiro and the Daily Wire and his entire cadre of people. Is that how you say that? Cadre. 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 I say cadre, but cadre. Uh, it's yeah. cadre. Cadre yeah. is not correct. You're thinking padre, which is yeah. a Spanish word and it is cadre. All right. His entire legion of doom. <laughs> They all do this and Legion of Doom. My yeah. life. When I yeah. Axis of Evil. Yes. Yeah. So yes. I, it's, it's wild, but this is what he's going to do. The he's actors just of present evil. an argument, walk away from it. It's terrible. Uh, but I mean, this is this is Ben Shapiro, who literally he grew up the the child of wealthy entertainment executives. Mm-hmm. He went to private schools his whole life. He went to an Ivy League college. He's homeboy has never had to work a real fucking job in his goddamn tiny life. Wait a minute. And then he turns around and he talks about, well, if you're working more than one job, it means you're in the one job. You're in the wrong job. That's a you problem, he says. Yeah, that's a you problem, Benjamin. Shut your mouth, dude. You don't even know what it's like to work a job. So maybe you shouldn't, maybe you're not the best arbiter of who should and should not work what job, a uh, guy who's never had to work for a living. Well, a lot of people don't even know he got his start on Breitbart, thanks to Steve Bannon. Well, so the other thing too, he was given sort of a um, a, a, a novelty blog or a, a, a column, and that was before Breitbart, when he was like 16. And it was because of his parents, and that just gave him a lot of entitlement that allows him to look so dapper and shitty. Listen, like, maybe dude that's never worked a job should stay in his goddamn lane and just talk about rich people problems. Talk about how your your mineral water was room temperature that morning. Oh, my goodness. Talk about how they failed to wax correctly on the Bentley. Like, shut your mouth. You oh, have I bet no, he waxes. He has no fucking idea what it's like to have to go paycheck to paycheck because you're busy paying your goddamn bills to keep your roof over your head. And I know nobody really likes to talk about it, but the the kind of garbage that he spews out into the world has real world impact. I mean, right. he's he's the guy who's been cited in several of these public shooters or white supremacist kind of uh, uh, diatribes that they put out. Um, you know, I don't like the guy. I think he's disingenuous. I think yeah, that yeah. I think he's a recipient of the Bannon uh, kind of empire, which was funded by the Mercers, which are billionaires out of Chicago and a whole and the Cokes and all these other folks. Like, I think that he, Sam Harris, Dawkins, like this whole group of right wing so-called intellectuals or dark web or whatever they are. Or claim, like, yeah, proclaim. Yeah, so, I think they're all, I think they're all deeply misguided and or or blinded by self-interest or they, they, they did, they just believe in very bad ideas. I mean, for me, part of what's frustrating is like Ben Shapiro is being in, willingly and knowingly intellectually dishonest. Yep. He's And here's the thing. Do not ever think Ben Shapiro is stupid. He's not stupid. The, he, the, the guy is very well educated. He's smart. He's and, smart as hell. But yeah. l- listen, what he's doing is intellectually dishonest. He is looking at his base. He understands that his intellectual his intellectual rates or his intellectual level is 
higher than theirs. He's more educated than the people that are paying attention to him. And I it doesn't I don't mean that to sound elitist, but it's it's just a fact. Well, he also is but, preparing the he's he's setting the stage before he even gets there. But what he's doing is academically and intellectually dishonest because what he does is he actually sets up very logical arguments and then he takes a hard left-hand turn. Like he sets up things like, you know, I believe all people should be free. All people should have the freedom to do things. We need more having people is important, having people to govern is important. Um, we need to make sure we keep our that the population is stable. We need to make sure that we're like birth rates are falling. We need to make sure that birth rates stay up, which is why gay marriage should be illegal. Right. That's the kind of bullshit trap he locks people into because it sounds so logical. People that don't have the academic tools or the the analytical tools to be like, wait a minute, how did you get there from that? They they don't. They it sounds so logical to them. Well, then it's infuriating because he's baiting people who are passionate about those issues. And making sure he does it in a way and in a space that those folks who may be just exploring the finer points of debate or the finer points of whatever, they freak out. The other thing is he is just a provocateur. It is such a lie. It's just. But he's but he's doing it in such a way that he knows it's academically dishonest. But yeah. he knows his he also knows his base doesn't know it's academically dishonest, which is what makes him doubly dangerous and disgusting. Yeah. So never trick yourself into thinking he's stupid. He is calculated and he's smart. And like we just I'm watching a lot of our leftists fall into the same trap of challenging him to this debate because like he keeps challenging AOC. So we challenge him back. Right. But listen, challenging him to a debate, it's not going to change the minds of his base. It's not going to change the minds of any of your voters. Don't waste your energy, people. It's ridiculous. It is showboating. It is ludicrous. Like you're not fighting for anything real. Progressives, stop wasting your time on this guy. Go talk to voters. You are not going to change people by constantly trying to challenge Joe like who are Ben Shapiro or uh, Tammy Lauren or Tommy Lauren or whatever her name is. Tommy, 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 yeah. Tanya, Tanya or Lord or whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah. But you're not going to get, you're not going to get anywhere with She's making those challenges where you are going to get somewhere. Go into the goddamn streets and knock some freaking doors. Call people. Go to local events. Be local. Don't waste your time on blowhards like him. The more attention you give him, the more attention you draw to him, the more people you draw to him, the more people you convert to him. So stop. And also, madam, how dare you say this? Who are you? Oh, wait, you ran for Congress. Oh, gotcha. <laughs> and did a very good job of that out into the community, canvassing, doing all the stuff, making sure that you're communicating with the people in your district. But the other piece of this, too, is playing his game and not winning really looks weird. Like, stop. It looks thirsty and odd. Well, and just by entering into his game on uh, like this whole debate and destroy type uh, of uh, just operating, you already lose just by entering into it because it's yeah. not it's designed to just uh, it's it's designed in favor of the house. And I mean, we talk about things like uh, we talk about Ben Shapiro and how he's like basically just a garbage monster. Stop paying him attention, everyone. Don't feed the trolls. And what that means is don't give him any attention. We but say like, as we talk about I know, right? But as we talk about it for 10 minutes. This is our hypocritical show, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> do as we say, not as we do. Yeah, um, better left. <laughs> <laughs> better left to not doing what we're doing. Um, but so we, I compare him to dudes like Joe Rogan. And Joe Rogan is a really weird reputation on the left. I know. I understand. But listen. If you have not listened to his Cornell West interview, if you have not listened to his Bernie interview, that is the kind of intellectual discourse that 
we need on the left. It's the kind of stuff we need to bring to the right. And we need to make sure that we're making it as accessible as we can to people that we talk about, like, we need to have a dialogue, a conversation. That's like on the centrist flag, I think, is a dialogue. No, um, does, is that true? Yeah, kind of, yeah. Meet me at CNN. Yep, meet me at CNN. <laughs> meet me in the middle. Centrist News Network. Um, <laughs> but this is, but this is uh, the the academic left has, you have the academic left and the academic right, and the academic left has the ability to have those conversations everyone's talking about and let people see these authentic folks on the left for what they really are, which is smart and capable and, and well-versed and actually reasonable people we're not rabid writhing socialists on the left we actually have reasons for believing what we Speak do and for saying yourself, what we man. do i tend to writhe a lot no i think that was always, so one of the things i really liked about the interview just in general was which one uh well i listened to both of them and i really enjoyed both of them but um i'm, I'm gonna be honest with you i actually thought rogan was a little soft on bernie sanders um, yeah, I, I think, think he's, I think he's a Sanders supporter. He got a little soft. I, you, it's it's a, it's an uh, it's a an accidental bias. We all have it. Yeah, it, it comes out. The Washington what Post doesn't have it's it. An unintentional bias. <laughs> you just when you really like someone, you have a trouble going harder on them. Right. Ah, uh, yeah. But what I liked about the interview was that he was able to articulate the reasons for things. You know, and there's this great passage about it. You might have already seen the meme going around where it says, uh, "Joe asks Bernie." But Bernie, how is it that the corporations are getting away with this kind of stuff? And Bernie just says so very simply, uh, Joe, because they make the laws. Yeah. yeah. And it, it's so obvious, too. I mean, when we're talking about insulin and the cost of insulin and how people are having to ration insulin, buy cheaper brands, do these kind of things, and it's costing them their lives. We're hearing about these stories every single week. Uh, it's really important that we have that kind of discourse shared with communities that maybe would not be conventionally thought as accessible. And this is one of my criticisms of the left, having formerly been on the right, is absolutely there's a bunch of gatekeeping, there's a bunch of purity tests, and it's a real problem because it means that people who might actually be converted over to a good place get left alone. They get left on the wayside. And then people like Stephen Molyneux, people like Ben Shapiro and the rest, they pick them up. And then suddenly we have white supremacists going to El Paso and shooting 20 people. Boom. That is absolutely true. And here's the thing. If you are going to stand up and say, if you do not do this thing, you don't uh, like get my pronouns right right now. And you don't uh, uh, become a vegan or you don't you're like you are basically the worst and that turns people off from you and from the subject and then exactly what jay said like people like they then listen to the shapiros who are like these lefties am i right and I'm going to be the voice of corn who cannot be here to bring the pop culture aspect into it but we see this with with i, I love her so much taylor swift you see this with her where you're like her feminism is not inclusive. She has come out and said she's still she's still learning. She doesn't really understand completely the impacts of it. The fact that she's willing to say she doesn't understand and she's still learning. Not every person who wants to do the right thing knows how to do the right thing. So don't chew their heads off if they use the wrong words or their if feminism isn't inclusive. Talk to them about that. They might just not realize. I've learned a lot. Like uh, Sheree Lass uh, LaSalle who was just here. She explained the difference between decriminalization and legalization to it's me in wonderful. a way that in a way that made sense so Sheree, yeah Sheree, we we fell in love with Sheree at first meet um and we're all you know supporting and helping each other as we look to support and help other folks not to be power brokers but because we believe in the issues i do think that it's important also to we are leaving out a voice 
in this process. Um, we are, you know, the deplorables and all of those folks that look at progressors, they hear socialism and they think, oh, no, no, that's that's witchcraft. Um, but really, when you look at the policies and you compare it to historical precedent and you evaluate where it sits on the spec on the spectrum, we're not talking hard left stuff. We're talking things that you've already paid for. And it's pretty middle of the. And then the other piece is there are a lot of folks out there who are angry because they're disenfranchised and uncomfortable about discussing race and have participated in racist behaviors, don't understand systematics or uh, systemic racism. It's time to have the dialogue, the no more flyover states. Yeah. So the other interview that Joe did with Cornell West, I think is actually far superior to the one with Bernie. And I really thought you were going to say corn. And I was like, corn was on Joe Rogan. <laughs> she was. Corn L West. Corn yeah. L West. Oh my God, that's her name. Yeah. That's her full name. That's Corn her full L Northwest. Name. Corn L Northwest Butler. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that alert. So I think it was really interesting because Cornell West was talking about the difference between how you should view people. And he said he was talking about the same thing that we're talking about right now, how you need to reach out to these people. But he did something which I thought was really, really powerful. No matter who he was speaking of, he called them brother. So he even called him Brother Trump, for example. And I think there's something very humanizing about that to say, brother Trump, brother so-and-so, brother brother Troy, brother uh, Bill over there. And it causes you to recognize something about yourself when you say that. It's not, you're not calling them that because you're trying to show them respect. You're calling that because you're trying to call out in yourself, hey, that's a person over there. That's somebody who has an experience. And I think that's a really powerful thing. And it's something that we need to remember on the left is, yeah, these people all have experiences. They have things that have caused them to feel and think and believe the way that they do. And it's important that we respect that perspective while also understanding that some of that is really toxic. Wow. What a roller coaster ride you just took me on. Because I'm like, no, he, Trump is like, he, I was getting all upset, but, but you're right. It's about not playing the game and dehumanizing yourself in the process and then also invalidating any point you were trying to make because you're an apoplectic, you know, rage uh, machine. Yeah, that was good. Yeah, I buy it. Yeah. And so, I mean, I think like this was kind of what we wanted to accomplish for what the shit. Ben Shapiro, stop challenging AOC to debates. She doesn't want to date you. You keep bragging about your wife. Come on, man. Unless you're planning to like come out as a fully a full ownership, like polyamorous couple, like simmer Does he down. Have a wife? Yeah, he has a wife and kid. He talks about his wife being a doctor, I think. Which honestly, badass woman. Thank you. Good for you. Thank you for being in the medical field. Thank you for doing your work. Thank you for putting your nose to the grindstone, working your ass off in a hard profession, and being a mom. That's pretty awesome. Um, but but get your know, husband in line. Get your husband in line. AOC does not want to date you. Um, if you want to actually reach people, do the shit that Joe Rogan does. Like, have actual conversations that really are not about an agenda, just about having a conversation. And, I mean, I think this is a good segue into our... <gasps> Big news breakdown time. So, 
for this episode, we're going to do something a little bit different because we're playing catch up on a couple of things. We are going to have an we're going to have an uh, elongated big news breakdown. So you'll notice there won't be a discussion section. We did post or are posting somewhere in the nebulous realm of posting the uh, interview we did, the roundtable about religion and the left, which I think is super fascinating. By the time you hear this, it will have been. We might have some clips up. uh, We might include some clips in it. I don't know. It's kind of up to our uh, fabulous editor, Jay, and our producer, Jay. Fabulous. I just want to say, if you haven't listened to that and you're listening to this right now, I really recommend you go do it. Uh, One, I'm plugging myself because I'm on that and I talk a lot about it. And listen, I got a great voice. So you're going to really enjoy it. You have an emotion. That was really great. Uh, I do have an emotion. Uh, You do. And also, Jay. Emotion. I learned some stuff from everybody who talked. But um, what I loved about the religion discussion substance and it it wasn't it's not just like god no god it was really it it forced me to really kind of think about myself in the context of spirituality and defining who you are it was beautiful it was great i i just i really recommend it and again it's a huge plug but i think we did a really nice job with that and so please go listen to it if you haven't already drawer uh Mm -hmm. we're going to do more discussions like that more interpersonal uh not interfaith but interpersonal discussions about how things have impacted lives and so we're just gonna go a little this is good this so, is really nice yeah so you're gonna see a couple of better left episodes that are gonna be a little different they're gonna be longer form series that are gonna come out not when we normally release the whole podcast they're just gonna we'll start com- dropping dropping on their own because we're doing some series about um i think religion about uh the transgender movement yes um, sat down and had some uh, conversations with uh, our friends in the transgender community leaders and just folks who are just living life and uh, that'll be interesting you know we've we're also working on launching some more podcasts this yep. is a real network and we're kind of a uh, we're testing the waters with a couple of us some climate change ones too that are going to be coming out too so we've got some series that are happening in addition to this podcast to so be on the lookout for those yeah no we uh, our friend jason who is a friend of the podcast and he started in his own series here called it ends with us he's gotten a chance to sit down with uh, a few wonderful people one was darja male who wrote, was an author who wrote the end of ice talking about climate change and really how it's going to kill us all I know that sounds really dramatic and existentialist, but no, this is a big deal. Uh, and it's not this, wrong. It's a great yeah. episode. Uh, I was on that with uh, with Jason, uh, Michael Graham, and Dar Jamal, uh, Jamal. Um, and then he just recorded another one with phenomenal guests. Um, but yeah, the other thing is, this is a network. We're working with people who want to do short run series, longer pieces, uh, uh, repeat, you know, kind of shows like this one, which is just so entertaining. Can't stop listening. We're just so fun. Put it on repeat. But we're really, this is about everybody podcast and get in and talk about stuff that's important. Yep. And that's why, uh, so we're playing a little bit of catch up because those two weeks that we send you guys off to NerdFest 2019. And uh, I was busy. I'm sorry. I was busy here doing real political work and you guys were just off playing games. Um, so we're going to do some catch up. A lot of sh- a lot of shit went down. Good um, shit. So we're only going to pick two topics that were big that happened. I know we've, we've got, there's so much we could cover. We could cover the fact that Rashida Tlaib and Ilan Omar were barred from going to Israel, blah, blah, blah. There's a ton of stuff we could talk about, but we're going to focus this big news breakdown on two things. Things. We want to talk about the shootings that happened, and we want to talk about what the fuck with Jeffrey Epstein. Um, so we're gonna start. I would like to start with the shootings that happened in Dayton, Ohio, and in uh, El Paso, Texas, because this is we are we fi- the media is finally calling it domestic terrorism. Finally, which is enormous. And I got to tell you, first of all, I'm gonna start with like. It's it's every shooting, every shooting, part of my heart just fractures away. And like 
because these are so preventable. They're so preventable. And you want to know how I know they're preventable? Because every other first world developed nation in the world has prevented them. That's how I know they're preventable. It is ridiculous that it is 2019 and we're still doing this. And these these guys from the internet are allowed to leave these racist manifestos. They didn't go after these people for no reason. They went after them because of race. They went after them because of charged language against immigrants. They went after them specifically because of things they cannot help, like their their ethnicity. Yeah, no. And I, I sat down and I read the manifesto from the shooter from El Paso uh, the day that it happened. And I know there's a lot of people who say, oh, we shouldn't read it. We shouldn't talk about it. And I actually, I, I vehemently oppose that idea. I think we need to engage with these uh, people and we need to engage with the toxic ideas that are out there because it's only when these things are exposed to the light, when they're exposed to discourse that we can actually deal with them in a healthy way. And it was remarkable to me because there's this perception, this xenophobia that immigrants are coming here to destroy our nation. And uh, the... Oh God, the Trump's one of his advisors changed the Statue of Liberty thing recently uh, and to say, what was it? For those who were able to care for themselves effectively and stand on their own two feet. And then it became this European versus what? Oh my God. Yeah. And it's that type of just conversation that they're pushing. I, I hesitate to even call it a conversation attack on people is really a better idea, but yeah, rhetoric the, at the, yeah, yeah. That is incredibly toxic and it leads to these kind of people. And I know people want to say, and like Donna Brazil says, Trump isn't responsible for this kind of thing. Uh, he absolutely is. Uh, he absolutely is. Yeah. I was just going to kind of build on that because like, I was just going to say, uh, this president, uh, who started his campaign as, uh, kind of declaring that, uh, Mexican immigrants were all rapists and drug dealers, uh, that c has consistently beat this, uh, drum of build a wall, build a wall at while simultaneously demonizing, uh, uh, immigrants coming from South America, um, and Mexico. And, uh, you don't get to set that atmosphere, have a guy drive 700 miles, write a racist manifesto, uh, shoot the people you've been demonizing for two years and locking up in concentration camps and not own that. No, you get to own that. Ben Shapiro, you get to own the manifesto you're cited in. What you say can have real world influence and you don't get to just uh, have CNN or, or a millionaire uh, TV journalist give you a pass. Right. Yeah. And there are people like Stefan Molyneux who's part of that group and they're preaching nothing but insidious hatred toward these people and creating this idea, this eugenicist idea that Epstein was a part of. We'll get to that later. But this eugenicist idea that people are subhuman because of where they come from or because of who their parents were or what their skin looks like. And it's just, it's fucking bullshit. It is bullshit. And um, there is, it's all related. All the topics that we've discussed in this episode have intersections, the language that people use, the, you know, you, you know, you look at the incel culture and that was one of the first mass shootings when you think about the person who was a part of that um in uh march uh 2006 uh here in seattle um back in the day i was involved with um and had many many friends still do that were deeply involved in the rave community um there was a man who came into the um home of because towards the sorry i'm getting emotional um 
a, a person whom I shall not name um, entered the party and opened fire on people we knew. We had calls from people that were there. Um, we had people who were hiding in laundry to keep from, they could hear it happening. And it, the idea, and this was somebody who was quiet. They don't know why. They don't know what is going on. Um, all they know is possibilities. Um, but this killer, this person killed seven people and it wasn't because they had hurt him or it wasn't because they had, um, wronged him. Um, they existed. Um, they, maybe he felt inadequate. Maybe he felt something, but to think that your words don't have impact, people who are feeling untethered, people who are feeling disrespected, people who are feeling like, why won't women talk to me? Uh, and I, I, I'm saying people, white men, and um, it's horrifying. And that language does incite people. And they're writing it in their manifestos. They're telling you it's because you're saying it. So why would you even deny it? And how can you sleep at night? And the thing that we say in our house and I say in all the houses of everybody I've ever been in is you have the right to say whatever you want. We have free speech. That's correct. And that's how all these fucking assholes protect themselves. But listen, you do not have the right to freedom of consequence from the things that you say. And if the things that you say cause another person to target and demonize another group of folks because of their skin color, because of their their country of origin, and that causes them to go and murder groups of them while they are just shopping for their families after driving 700 miles, that is on you. That is on your conscience. That is on your soul. That is marking you forever. You caused it. You made it happen. Yes, you just said things. You didn't pull the trigger, but your words sure as shit pulled that trigger. And nobody gets to turn their eyes from any of this because this is America. Yep. You don't get to just say, oh, well, it's 0.001% of schools that are having the shootings take place. And it's just a very small number. No, nobody gets to turn their eye. Nobody gets to avert the gaze. There are people who will talk about how this is solely a mental health issue. Fuck anyone that just says this is a mental health issue. Fuck you for demonizing people dealing with mental health. Just fuck you. Anyway, well, continue. No, it's exactly right. Because Charles Whitman was the University of Texas shooter, right? And anybody who knows his story knows that he went to seek help and he couldn't get help. He talked about having a fascination with killing people and those kind of things. That was a mental health issue. The guy who goes to El Paso driving 700 miles because he hates Hispanic people and views them as a threat, that is a racist. There is no DSM-5 diagnosis for that because that is just fucking racism and white supremacy. Absolutely. And anybody that steps out and says, hey, this is seeing this. This is white supremacy. This is toxic masculinity. This is a lone wolf kind of weirdness. The reality is they're not lone wolves. They're being 
charged up and that masculinity issue, uh, that's not mental health. That is societal health. And we're feeding it and we're encouraging it. And it's happening before our eyes. It's here. Well, what's happening is these these disturbed young white men are going and shooting up all these places and saying, oh, they must have been mentally disturbed to go do that. They're not mentally disturbed. They're they feel spiritually disturbed by the fact that brown people live in our nation. Black people are a part of our nation. They feel spiritually disturbed by this. That's not mental health. They're not they're not of questionable mental health because they went to go do this. When all of your leaders and all of the people that you're listening to and all of your talking heads and all of the folks you, quote unquote, admire, tell you hatred and violence are the only way forward. We should kick them out. We should rip apart their families. We should we should kick them back to their own countries, send them back to their shithole countries. That is violent language. And the only avenue that those men feel that they can express that they can express their hate and this virulent, viscous hatred for other people that those talking heads cultivated is through violence. And that's it. And they are feeling like, okay, you know what? This place is going. Uh, none of n- nothing's working out for me. Uh, all I am so frustrated. I am. I, I have no place to put this rage. And so what I'm going to do is I'm going to take the problem into my I'm going to man up. I'm going to man up and I'm going to take it to people and I'm going to do the thing because I can do that. That is my privilege. That is my uh, my God given, you know, power to be in control of other people to take that away. And that's what's happening. And all that rage is also being targeted by very sophisticated actors like Steve Bannon and a lot of folks at Breitbart and just the Internet folks in general who read a lot of these analytics. They know the rage is there. They design a lot of content and programming to target them. People. That's why a lot of people like Ben Shapiro and Sam Harris and Richard Dawkins and uh, Christopher Hitchens wind up in front of uh, or on the in the YouTube feeds of a lot of these enraged young white dudes. Yep. Yeah. And, you know, it's really funny because, like I said, I come from a conservative background. And so it's difficult for me when I go on Facebook and I see people defending gun rights. And it always happens in the wake of every kind of shooting. I always see somebody say, guns aren't the problem. Guns aren't the problem. Guns aren't the problem. We can't we can't give away our rights. And listen, I, I do believe that we need to support people. We need to make sure that we are protecting our rights. I just think we need to be responsible about it. And the problem for me, and this is my moment of weakness is I really do have a problem viewing them as not against me, as not opposition to a well-functioning society. And like, this is the problem. I find myself stuck in that place. Well, listen, yeah, I guess, you know, the gun didn't pull the trigger, but sure as fuck helped. And let me just say, like, if if me giving up my right to keep an AR-15 in my closet means that the, the children going to the high school down the road for me get to live and not have to walk through metal detectors and get to feel safe while they're going out to recess. I'm okay giving up that right. I just two hours ago reported on a website that I won't name because I hate them. Um, <laughs> Trump praises New Hampshire lawmaker who called for shooting Hillary Clinton. So this man in the midst of all of this after that wildly bizarre picture of him holding that baby and the, the orphaned whole, baby oh my god and the smile and the thumbs up or she, yeah, uh, Melania was holding the baby and he was thumbs up disgusting and now he's saying he is praising a legislator who is saying who said uh, Hillary should be shot it's like where are you you uh, is he so stupid or is he so evil or is he both 
I honestly think he's just clueless. And I mean, like this is this is part of the problem. Like there's I remember in the the Charlottesville, North Carolina rallies, they were shouting while they were holding their torches. We will not be replaced. There's this weird false equivalency between like other people being treated like human beings. And for some reason, straight white men are losing rights. They're not losing rights. What they're losing is they're losing elevated power. And this is or they're being told that this is all about power, because, listen, it's not that anyone's taking power away from white people. We're just giving it to other communities as well. But what what happens is at the end of the day, like straight white dudes don't get the final say on what's cool or what's right or what's wrong. White guys never had it. Like the thing is, they step away from it gentlemen but they, because but they, were, but they were made to feel they like they did conditioned to think it they was did taken from them well, and I'll, but just so uh, some of these guys i think probably have experienced or their families have experienced uh, a pretty su- substantial economic decline in a, in a generation due to either nafta or like we're seeing all up and down the west coast i've taken trains up and down the west coast this last year i don't see a lot of coverage of the bread lines but there are bread lines right oh yeah i mean there's a reason that uh, like 10 mayors from major cities in California went to the governor's mansion after Newsom was elected to get hundreds of millions of dollars. Like there's a, there's been a significant economic decline. I would argue for most uh, middle, lower middle class uh, and middle class people of the last three decades, coast to coast, especially in the Midwest, especially on the West coast. No, I think you're exactly right. I mean, the economic decline has gotten significant and I think that's a big contributor to all of this. You know, I think this is what, we all have in common, which is those of us who are working class are pitted against each other to fight for scraps, while those who are the ultra wealthy are pocketing money in droves. And, you know, Bernie was on the Joe Rogan podcast, was just talking about this. He said, you know, this is the federal treasury. He came out with a statistic that the wealthy had in the last 10 years have increased their wealth by $32 trillion and the bottom 92% reduced it by $900 billion. What a significant difference. And it's no wonder that people are fighting for each other. We're told that our brother is our enemy. And when really it's what, 10 people? Exactly. And like, this is what's happening. These, these, economically disenfranchised young angry young white men who are not getting the high paying jobs they feel like they're entitled to or they're owed who are are taking it out on women because they're blaming feminism it's not feminism it's not immigrants it's not people of color it's the fucking wealthy billionaire class that are taking our money from us and the theater and the the uh, machismo drag that you are supposed to be embracing you're supposed to be a man and do the thing it's a lie. It's a trap. And it's what a they're, trap. What they're doing is they're taking your anger at this situation. They're taking your anger at your inability to to buy a house, your inability to buy a new car, your inability to pay off your student loans. They're taking your anger and they are manipulating you. You are being manipulated. Well, they're training you as well to expect those things. You're a man. You get the thing. You're going to get the job. Do the work get the prize and you're not getting it. if you it. don't get it, it's because of women and immigrants yeah. and people of color. Or, or like, like Shapiro said, it's your fault. That's on you. Sounds it's like a, a you problem. problem. Sounds like a you problem. But listen, it's not a you problem. It is a problem with Wall Street and the billionaire class. That is the problem. The problem is not immigrants. Do you honestly think that it's the immigrants who are coming over and doing day labor under the table? You really think they're the ones stealing your wealth? Or is it your boss who just told you there's not enough money in the budget for a raise and then bonused himself out $10 million? And I'm just going to follow this up. We said this on a recent podcast, but I want to repeat it. 
we need to stop thinking of money as money. It's not dollars and cents. It's an actual expression of power. It's the power they have over our yep. society. It's the power they have over your job. And it's how they trap you in a cycle of economic depression and economic hardship. Because if you don't have enough money to survive, you can not choose to not do what they want you to do. Exactly. And this brings us perfectly in line with our second big news breakdown topic I want to get into, which is uh, Epstein, Jeffrey Epstein, who has so much freaking money. Who's he, that? that? That money is is money expressed as power. That is his legacy. What money, did he do to get money? I That is a fantastic I question. Yet, I think he cracked Victoria's Secret. Oh, he trafficked oh, no. human children. He trafficked human children and sexually exploited them. And to, on his island, on his rape island. On his rape island, where he sexually exploited them to people in powerful positions who had an astronomical amount of wealth. And suddenly, when he was revealing all of their names and they giving away him. their dirty secrets, they didn't know him. They don't remember him. And then he was dead. Yeah, so the way he started was actually in Wall Street. He was a financier. But what does that mean? No, uh, even the people in the... He, he, he was working in finance. Yeah. Sure. Worked in finance. That, yeah, that was the cocaine era. <laughs> yes. Worked in, worked in finance. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Finance. I mean, no, if it was like finance, what does that mean? Like everybody who's... like I, Nobody's been able to say like... I work this in is... finance. I just get uh, piles of money dumped on me all day. I mean, that's, a, that's effectively what it is. You control other people's money and help them make more money by exploiting other people who then make less money so that you can make well, more what money. what could go wrong? What could, and it, we all know it's a rigged system and we're all, it, whatever. Okay. I was so pissed. <laughs> all right. So on the 10th, he did committed it. Committed suicide. Yeah. Um, can we maybe show hands who believes he committed suicide? Oh, look, no one's raising their hand at the table. I don't table. know. I just don't know. I got to level with you guys. Okay, I was saving my conspiracy theory for this one moment because I w we will get into the horrific acts of Epstein, but I want to talk about the conspiracy theories first. Um, listen, I think that it was in everybody's best interest who's in a position of power for him to be dead. Th there's a couple things to remember. So... Child molesters do not fare, fare well in prison. They usually tend to wake up dead. Um, I think it was it, by design or whatever. I think guards who are like, you're a goddamn child molester. You trafficked human children. I think that while he was on suicide watch, they looked the other way and he died. And it happened to be in everybody's best interest. I think that's the conspiracy. I don't think anybody paid anybody. I don't think it was black ops. I don't think it was whatever. So you I think, think it was, was just like prison I've justice? Watched, I've watched. I think it was prison guard justice. And I think that it because if you if you've ever watched like the, the prison guard that drove a truck into a bunch of peaceful protesters, if you. Yeah. Yeah. his face that's the kind of justice that they give which is like i'm basically a mall cop and this is the amount of power i have sure. which is to look the other way will you kill yourself and they they thought he was disgusting they thought he was despicable so they let him die and i don't think it was bigger than that but that's just me so it's interesting because i i thought at first damn it but now that he is deceased he the information is easier to get to and so that's interesting. And I was like, okay, trying to do the math, like what horrible things do, will we not know? And, and so I, I felt like they also talked about how he was uh, expanding while he was actually being um, sentenced. He was working, trying to get people, to, he had workers on his island horror house. Uh, he was expanding it and uh, had just purchased another island. And I'm like, people don't do that, like hoard passports and do the thing. And then a mutual friend of ours, uh, Corey Archibald said, but you got to think about his headspace. 
he is a man who clearly is he's pathological sociopathic you know he Worse he then. yeah 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 he doesn't see people as a person he they're things they're commodities and they're you know and he and he was an american socialite i mean this guy i was reading stories where he had renowned scientists renowned you know silicon valley experts not over for sex parties or orgies or anything but just like to talk about some type of scientific uh idea that was yeah. tickling his fancy he was talking about day. like in his head like he wanted to uh, uh do the cryogenics thing yeah but the idea though is is it for him, could it have been, it was an interesting thought, could it have been for him just like, fuck you guys, I'm still in control? I think what it was is he's like, I have so many wealthy and powerful friends, we all know this is temporary. And that, I'm, I'm more inclined to believe that, but it also is interesting, someone who is just so out there to be so awful to be able to do the things that he did. But this, I'm just going to say this from the perspective of an intersectional feminist, this is the manifestation of toxic, cishet, white male power. Oh, my God. It's the top of the pyramid, isn't it? That is what that is what we're talking about when we talk about white male privilege. It is if he imagine if he were black. Imagine we would be calling for a public firing squad. These people that listen to like to Teresa Laren or Tammy Laren, Tommy Laren, Tony, uh, Tanya, whoever listens to her would be screaming over each other to get to have some kind of public execution of this man. But because he is a wealthy, white, straight man, he thinks he is so far above the goddamn law that he was still working on his new island while he is up for charges against taking children taking children these are babies and he is taking these these 15 year old kids these 12 year old kids and he is letting people have sex with them against their will yeah, I just want to uh, hone in on just the wealth part of that. Like he's he was, if not a billionaire, working with assets of other billionaires. And this is like a network thing. And it's um, not just an American billionaire thing. Clearly, there was UK uh, royalty tied up into it, probably Saudi folks tied up into it. Talk so about princes and they talk about. So, yeah. so like really, I mean. As long as Americans want to continue to worship wealth and believe that we have to have billionaires to be a functioning society, I think it, the kind of scourge of of human trafficking is is always will be with us because it's just like the inverse of that opulence. And if you reduce that opulence, maybe you can or we could, uh, uh, you know, relieve some of the pain and suffering of human trafficking. No, and I think that's a big part of it. I mean. The, the thing that's remarkable to me is to be able to get into that place where you say, I don't care that they're people, right? Is I don't care that they're people. In fact, they're not people to me. And that, I think, is a big part of this movement. That's what's going on. And so I, I don't know. It's the culmination. I, yeah. it, is, it is this idea of the wealthy billionaire class that they have actual legitimate ownership of people. They have so much money that they own us. And Epstein just embodies that idea that they don't just own our wages, they own our houses, they own our lives, 
They own our kids. They own our babies. They own our teenagers. They own everything. And this is the manifestation of that because you could literally pay money to to Epstein to have possession of another human being. It is another disgusting, super hypersexualized version of power of white men in society. And it's been decades in the making. Epstein has been doing this stuff for a long time. He's been trafficking in children for a long time and trafficking in power using children as a commodity for a long time. Top of the pyramid. We're talking about the only thing about Republican economics that trickled down is abuse and misery and pain. It's funny because like over the last few weeks and months, I've been talking to you and our group and I've jokingly said, I think Mr. Rogers is my new hero. I really do. Um, and the more I think about it, the more I really feel that way. Because when you think about Mr. Rogers, right, when you think about who he was as a person, he was somebody who really sought to ensure that every single child felt special. Every single child Everybody. felt. buddy, Every person. Yeah. And it's the antithesis to this movement. You want to know why I believe we should tax the wealthy? Because I don't want people like Jeffrey Epstein in the world. That's it. I mean, that's what it comes down to. I don't want them to have the power to enact their monstrous visions because they don't see people the way that Mr. Rogers would. And that sounds crazy, but like, I, I guess a little bit, but I really, don't think it sounds crazy, Jay. I, I hear what you're saying. And, and it's one of the things that I appreciate about all of us having these opportunities and the experiences that we've had and our uh, insight into these pieces is Mr. Rogers really is somebody who believed in Everybody. He was talking. I mean, did you ever see the video where he's talking to this crusty Republican guy? And he was just sort of Mr. Rogers talking about what this meant and how to deal with anger and how to deal with rage. And this guy melted right in front of him and was like, well, I guess you get the money. It was just really heartwarming. I could be wrong, but I don't think Mr. Rogers was trying to devise a plan to put Mr. Rogers' DNA into all of humanity through some type of eugenics program, was it? Because I know Epstein sure was. Oh, I thought you were saying Bezos. <laughs> oh, no. Epstein. Oh, Bezos it? probably is too. Let's, yeah. be, let's be honest. Well, he yeah. put his balls in Seattle already, so. We got some balls in <laughs> the Bezos balls, as we actually. So for any, just this is just aside. This has nothing to do with the topic. But for anyone who doesn't know, the Bezos balls are these uh, giant orbs in downtown Seattle. They're like a workspace slash community garden thing. You just got kind of roll them around. Kind of roll them around. And you palm your hand. No, uh, yeah, they're Caress big uh, greenhouses. Right? If anybody right else did it, they'd be labeled delusional. But I just want to make sure we mention a couple of things here. Uh, there's a lot of fishy stuff going on with this Epstein thing. And my my hope, you know, between whether or not he killed himself, the guards mysteriously all falling asleep at the same time for the same exact period. So they oh. could wake themselves up, the broken bones in his neck. A lot of suspicious stuff going on. Uh, I'll let the listeners draw their own conclusions from that. But my hope is this. Don't let this go. Get them all. Because Every one of them. Whatever happens here. There are bigger conspiracies that have been toppled through other things. Look up the Dreyfus Affair. It was an anti-Semitic movement that was specifically targeting a Frenchman who was Jewish for treason that got stopped and an entire government crumbled because one reporter sought to seek out the truth. And so I think we as people need to make sure we do the same thing. We pay attention. We watch what we're hearing. We listen to what we're doing. We do so with a critical ear and a critical eye and we seek the truth. And Epstein 
wasn't trafficking in kids from poor nations, not just kids from poor nations. He was stealing kids from our backyards. Yep. He was taking kids from New York. He was taking kids from Alabama. He was taking kids from Montana. Because he he could. He was taking children from U.S. soil and he was trafficking them over to his shitty rape island. With his Ghislaine Maxwell, who was out there recruiting and and finding and yeah, yeah, recruiter. Yeah, yeah, uh, administrata. But also the other piece of this, too, is the part I have... Everyone's like, oh, this is a ridiculous uh, a theory, and you are all just really blowing things out of proportion. The man flew with billionaires and princes and uh, heads of state to a sex island where they molested and raped children. I think a prison murder is kind of small on the list of way like that could have happened, but not as crazy as the reason he was there. And I'm just going to say this. Donald Trump knew all about it. And I'm going to follow that up with, so did the Clintons. (laughs) Hillary and Bill, and yeah, there's a whole list. Get them all. And I mean, this is is big stuff. So the thing that we want to leave you guys with at the tail end of our discussion slash extended big news breakdown while we play catch up is, listen, it's it's goddamn time that we stop prioritizing our fetishization of guns over human life. And we also want to make sure people know don't let the Epstein thing go because this is not small potatoes. This is not just taking, you know, random kids from like other countries. Ergo, it doesn't affect us in America. The kids from our soil were being taken. There's another piece. Give I a think. shit. Give, give a shit about give it. Give a shit about it. But there's something going on here that we should probably cover. And that is as these pieces topple. They're falling apart before our eyes, and the reason they are is because of the work that people are doing, because we're not stopping, because we are demanding, and all of us can play a role in taking care of each other, making sure that we keep our head on a swivel and we're uh, uh, checking in to make sure there are people out there that have suffered. You know, um, this is a hard time because truths are being revealed and things are falling apart, but guess what's not falling apart? Our ability to mobilize, our ability to make change, our ability to get involved and really make a difference. I I say this as somebody who is seeing it and having an opportunity to do it, and we invite you to join us. And I'm just going to follow this up in the words of Mr. Rogers. You matter. You're special. Your work matters. So keep doing it. And after that amazing, very long form discussion, this is a little bit of a shorter episode than normal unless we splice in some religion discussion into it, which I don't think we will because this is pretty good on its own. We're playing we're playing political catch up, but we will be back to our regularly scheduled normal recording and programming now that we're back from NerdCon. Yeah. Dorks. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Oh, but I could use some little brain muscle and emotional stretch. How do you guys feel? How about a palate? I feel like I could cleanse my palate. Uh, I feel like it's time for a palate cleanser. I can't. I just want to die. And like, let me just tell you guys something. So I'll confess to you guys. I struggle still to read the news because it is very emotionally stressful. Um, I'm dealing with a lot of other. So I'm actually seeing a psychologist right now um, to deal with my mental health and some some trauma and like memory issues. And and I have trust problems. I have fearful avoidant personality. It's uh, a bunch of stuff. And I'm trying to work on it. 
And I have a really hard time processing really big, difficult news. Like a child molester thinks it's fine to keep building his island while he's in jail and then mysteriously died. Uh, and I also struggle with like reading the stories in the wake of the El Paso shooting with like the husband whose wife died. He doesn't know what to do. So he's just there every day and people are showing up to help him. And like it, this is it's it kills me a lot. And so I love to do what I call emotional brain breaks, where I literally marathon an entire season of Working Moms on Netflix uh, or Mayans MC, also both in the same day, because I have a lot of time while I'm working from home. Um, But I'd like to take breaks. So I figured maybe we could do that here. We'll take a little word break. Shall we? (gasps) No word. We are going to play no word. Is it no word? What is it? So Jay found this. It's brilliant. Have you played it before? No. A word. <laughs> word to your, yeah. Uh, this is called, it's playnoword.com. Um, I have, we have done no background on this. Uh, so apologies if it's something horrible, but it was a fun little word game. So what we I'm love gonna, our words. We did spelling bee and now we're doing word game. We did math. We do a lot of words. I skipped the spelling bee. But. Um, we are a podcast. So we try to do things that are vocal and uh, it turns out words are very vocal. That's true. They are. Yeah. Yes, they are. So next word. week's palate cleanser, flatulence. Yay, it's a fart contest. I won't be here for that one. Don't really. hold it in, folks. So <laughs> Don't hold back. Th- I think the way we're going to do this is Troy is going to read a description to us. we got yes. a limited time, and, so we're like... And a f- the first letter of it, and as a group, we're going to do it. So if you're listening, play along. Um, we're going to be terrible about it, but you're probably going to be better. So, so it's going to be hard. Uh, there's a shot of whiskey in my son tea, so it's going to be extra hard. Oh, I like how she admits <laughs> it's the end of the podcast. Mine is just tea. Yeah. All right, buddy. okay so are you ready i have selected hard it is a rocket rocketing off in space i'm clicking begin starts with an e and it is an essay or speech in which any topic is discussed in detail exam essay Mm -mm. well we suck oh Skip, hit that skip button, Troy. Oh, right. Wow. That is really bad. Okay, so one 10 second. um, Starts with an H containing fewer allergens. Could this be hypoallergenic? What is it? Sarah. Eat it. What what is it? It's hypoallergenic, which I I knew not from the fact that it's the second time it popped up when we did our practice round earlier. Shh, nobody knows. Oh, no. This is uh, starts with a B, pompous or overly wordy. Could that be bombastic? You're uh, so smart, and this definitely didn't pop up in really around. Uh, a kind of woven cloth with a distinctive pattern of colored stripes intersecting at right angles associated with Scottish Highlanders. Starts with a T. You. How did I know that? I missed the Scottish part when we came up last. Hardworking, diligent, or regular. In, oh, regular. <laughs> I was like, or just regular. <laughs> Old Joe in attendance uh, starts with an A. Hardworking. Industrious, hardworking, diligent. Ardent. Or- no, say, that's I'm like love, Arduous? Right? No, ardent could be right. It's not Ar- ardent. It's arduous like... is difficult. Adamant. 13 seconds. Uh, nope. Um, how about um, attentive? No. Um, hardworking. You are a real asshole. Asset? No. <laughs> uh, we ran out of time. Damn it. Bollocks. Um, Bollocks. Can we maybe try a medium round? Um, I think we exposition. Yeah, let's go. Let's go to medium. Let's go to let's go to medium. That way, we won't get the same words again. Boy, we we didn't get them all. Okay, yeah. all right. Read the letter and then read the description. All right, here we go. I'm going to read the description and read the do what I want to do. I'm the man. Uh, starts with a P. 
to drop swiftly in a direct manner, to fall quickly. Plummet. Ooh. Yeah, that seems right. Feels good. That is right. I feel right about that. Taking no action. Starts with a P. Passive. Passive? Passive, yeah. Try passive. Passive it is. Thank you very much. Starts with an O. Select as an alternative over another. Overlook? No, you're selecting as an alternative over another. Oh. Oh. (laughs) Skip it. Okay, 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 okay. (laughs) All right, here we go. Uh, Starts with a D. The big D, an authoritative principle, belief, or statement of opinion, especially one considered to be absolutely true regardless of evidence or without evidence to support it. Dogmatic. Ah! (laughs) Oh, it was dogma, but yeah, that works. Okay, optimal, being the best, possibility, uh, starts with an I. Starts with an I. Imaginary? No, no, that's, it's like the best. Like being the best possibility, it is in shape. No, it is. The best possibility. Excellent. That's if I was Kiwi. Um, All my words are like impervious. Optimal, optimal, being the best possibility. Uh, starts with an skip I. It, that just would skip it, let's go to the I next. wanted to Starts with a P, a farm tool having one or more heavy blades. Plow. That it's name again is Mrs. Plow. Starts with them. <laughs> oh no, why did this? Oh, we did it. What happened there? Um, wow, okay, good job. That was better. How did we do? We uh, got six. We got six and... Uh, that was, I actually felt really good about that. Well, There's guys, a, I yeah. do have to tell you, my shoulders do hurt from carrying all of you. Okay, I appreciate you doing that uh, <laughs> because you are. Uh, can we do easy? Uh, we can. Let I me feel like that might be. We're just going the backwards order. Yeah. But you never we, know, right? Reverse start, pyramids. I'm just trying to figure out. Oh. I lift weights in reverse pyramids. I'm going to do word games in reverse pyramids. You start with shame. And then you go backwards until you're comfortable. And then you leave feeling good about yourself. This seems it's like, like watching some Troy use a computer. Church, not, no, right. uh, for some reason, it, all of the, I don't know what happened. But so this is our last none round. Your, none of your... And then we're going to tell you guys our, uh, I don't know, our score. And then just like high five each other. Uh, so day. far, just to be clear, I'm winning. Congratulations. Hit control zero. Uh, I'm hitting control zero. Hey, look, Thank it you. fixed it. <laughs> so all of this time that I was doing that starts with an S, a long pin normally made of metal or wood used to secure food during cooking. This is easy? Poop. Skewer. Skewer. Skewer, yeah. Skewer it is. Starts with an H. Balls or pieces of ice falling as... Hail. That's it. There's only one Hail situation. it is. Starts Started with an S. snow. A token... Shut up. A token, an indication, a foreshadowing, a sign. Symbol? Starts what? It starts with an S. Nope, not signal. symbol. Signal. Uh, signal it is. Hey. Starts with a P. A skilled practitioner, an expert. Poopy. Starts with a P and it's an expert. Ooh. Professional it is. Starts oh. with a K. Nocturnal flightless bird of New Zealand. Kiwi. Kiwi. <laughs> Damn it. It's I was kiwi. typing as I said it. It starts with an S uh, to move about smoothly and from side to side. Sway. Slide. No. Uh, slip. Slither. Slither. Yeah. Slither it is. Starts what with an F- M. A piece of work that has been, talk about a piece of work, a piece of work that has been given much critical praise, especially one that is considered the greatest work of one's time. It's their masterpiece. Starts with an M. A contractile form of tissue which animals use. To affect movement. Muscle. Foreskin. Oh. Muscle. 
Well, you can't use move using your foreskin. I've tried. <laughs> Speak for yourself. The portion of the human body from the base of the neck to the top of the abdomen, the thorax starts with a C. Thoracic. It's also Chest. oh, uh, C? it's over. Chest? Wow. Okay. So you know what? Um, here's the thing. We have gotten. 100% accuracy. We are brilliant. Um, it says... <laughs> Amazing. On easy. <laughs> oh my God, it says we win. It says we oh my win. God, we won. Yes. It does we say that Jay's a jerk. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Finally won it, guys. Feel good about this. So good job, this is team. I love word association. This is fun. I this love this. <laughs> yeah. I wish that it had a different... Like we could do this and not have uh, the same words because I'd like to do it one more time, actually. Me too, but uh, so... we could do the LSAT. <laughs> oh God, I already did that. I spent two hundred eighty dollars on well, it. <laughs> people should check it out though. Playnoword.com. K-N-O-W-O-R-D.com. Play. Check no it out. Word. It's going to destroy com. a lot of time for you. Um, so I mean, much this like about, this podcast. Uh, yeah, you're welcome. This about uh wraps up our. Are we? What are we? Our eleventh episode, twelfth? No, this is like our. Well, it depends on how you want to count it. It could be our fourteenth. It could it's be roughly between our eleventh and fourteenth episode. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I will say it's. We've had a lot of fun. I mean, we've been we doing have. really well. We've got some great things coming, lots of new yes. ideas. We're shaking things up a bit. We are. We're shaking it up a bit. We're going to be adding some podcast series uh, to our podcast. Thanks. We're going to be, we've got some great folks coming up on an interview. I think we're uh, interviewing some folks in the uh, cannabis industry. We're interviewing some folks uh, who are currently running for city council in Seattle. We're going to be talking about um, a bunch of different stuff coming up. But I'm super excited about all of it. We're going to go hang out with Vivian, who is the founder of the Hemp, Hemp Fest, Fest, arguably the the like beginning of yep. the you know right to not go to jail for smoking a little weed. Yep, and I'm so excited. It's not our next episode, but it's coming up. I'm really excited to explain to people how our quote unquote legal weed system works, and to explain that it's a little bit more complicated than that. Get into the nuances and like so people really understand what we mean when we talk about being a weed legal state. So and, I'm yeah, and hear what Vivian has to say on you know yeah. being on the inside and fighting. To actually just be able to do something. Come on, Expedia. Yeah. But uh, so this is about when we tell you guys to go do a thing. And the thing we're going to tell you guys to go do is uh, the thing I'm going to tell you guys to not do is stop goddamn challenging Ben Shapiro to debates. It's not cool. It's not edgy. It's just dumb and boring. Go in your district. Go do cool stuff. Meet with organizations. Meet with folks in your state. Um, so I guess our uh, our call to action for this time is find a progressive candidate, um, preferably one of the ones brand new Congress will be announcing very soon. Heck yeah. I think four candidates are going to be announcing soon. So yep. monitor their Twitter. Um, go follow them on Twitter. Find us on Twitter at Better Leftcast. Yeah. Um, we are at Sarah Smith, number four W. We're also on Instagram at uh, Better Left Network. Uh, Better Left Cast, I believe. Better Left Cast. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. So find our Instagram. It is terrible because we're all garbage Instagram. It's beautiful. We're old. Um, and go find us all over the place. We're going to be launching yeah, our yeah. YouTube channel. Be on the lookout for all this stuff. Um, if you have 10 bucks to donate, donate your 10 bucks to a worthy cause. Uh, we keep talking about the Yellow Hammer Fund for women that are in Alabama trying to get to some of their one of their three abortion clinics that are remaining. We stay on that train, donate to some funds like this that are grassroots, that are doing the work, that are out there. Uh, get involved. Our revolution. Go to your local Democratic Party meetings. Change shit from the inside. Find your local DSA. Get involved with your local DSA. Um, it's once a month meetings. And they're waiting for you. They they're need so you. excited. They're they're literally waiting. If yes. you are like, oh no, they're not gonna, you know, oh. here's the deal. You want to get involved in podcasting? Get a hold of us. Are you around here? Come hang out. Got an idea? Let's talk. 
Yep. So let's bring it all in. And Jay's got one more thing to say. And then we are done for this episode. Yeah. Check out our website. It's in the middle of being revamped. We've had a lot of stuff happening. There's going to be articles coming up on there soon. So check it out. Uh, And if you're interested in writing articles, reach out to us and let me know. You can email me uh, directly at j at betterleft.net. You can email Troy. Troy at betterleft. Yeah. We are looking for some writers for our written content team. So if you want to volunteer some time, we can pay you in exposures until uh, until we get money. Yeah. Until we get money. Well, the other thing too, we are looking for a photographer because I am going to do a boudoir spread uh, to launch the site. You heard it here first. He's going to do it. So thank you guys so much for uh, tuning into the Better Left podcast, our return episode after our short hiatus, uh, because we believe this episode is better left to all of you listeners to get involved and get on our written network, get involved in organizations, do the work because it is better left to you because it is your country. Thank you guys so much. God bless the USA. Tax the rich. God bless the USA. I love it. America. God bless the USA. I'm just going to find like a YouTube video of Mr. Rogers and just play that. There's a really good one where he's actually talking to that senator. It's so sweet. It's it's just like, you literally see this. We need Mr. Rogers in the world today. That's how I feel about it at this point. Yeah. You don't fuck with Mr. Rogers. Don't fuck with Tom Hanks. Yeah. Tom Hanks, Mr. Rogers. Please let these people just be good. Tom Hanks is being Mr. Rogers, so. That's what I'm saying, but even before then. Also, Ellen. Just keep Ellen. Ellen's leave Ellen alone. Oh, she leave Ellen alone. Leave Ellen alone. She's a Pathfinder gay. Ellen gets, she is. Ellen gets Ellen, Ellen gets, Ellen's allowed to be a little in, like out of touch with the lingo in the gay community. She's allowed. What happened? She's a Pathfinder gay. Yeah, yeah she's a Pathfinder she's like- to me.